Welcome to Fintech Impact. This podcast is an exploration of the financial technology world, interviewing different fintech entrepreneurs about what they do, their story, and what their impact is on consumers, incumbents, and the industry as a whole. Here's your host, award-winning financial planner, university lecturer, and writer, Jason Pereira. Welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Taya Nicola. Taya is the CEO and founder of WealthBar. WealthBar is a combination robo-advisor and robo-planner in Canada that works to provide integrated planning and investment solutions to its client base. And with that, here's Taya. Hello, Taya. Hi, Jason. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So Taya, Taya Nicola of WealthBar, tell us about WealthBar. Yeah, so WealthBar is one of Canada's leading robo-advisors. And by robo-advisor, we mean that we do everything a traditional financial advisor would do. Normally, we provide financial services, investment services, financial planning, insurance. But we do it in a little bit of a different way. Is as we don't have physical offices. We do it all over online or over the phone. And so the relationship with your advisor is a little different. But we're an online wealth manager. Fair enough. Okay, so we're going to talk about a lot of those aspects, but let's start off by talking about what led you to drive or start Wealth Bar and what your previous life was like before that. Yes, my previous life. Interesting. So I graduated with metallurgical engineering degree from Queens a while ago. And while I was getting my engineering degree, I was interning with a wealth management company in Vancouver called Nicola Wealth Management, where my boyfriend's dad worked and uh, <laughs> at the time. And I really fell in love with finance and really enjoyed certain aspects of finance and processes and actuarial science and all of that. And when I graduated, I got a job at Sun Life. And I trained advisors in the way of technology and sales strategies. I was in the sales management. And then I became an advisor myself for a while. And I was an advisor for a couple of years before I got an opportunity to try my work at engineering. So I actually moved to Vancouver and worked in the forestry industry. I was a business development engineer for a company that makes plywood equipment called Raute. And we did that for about five, six years. And then I, the housing crisis hit. I watched three rounds of layoffs in my company and I got cold feet. So I went back to Sun Life and started working on Actually, got the same job in the sales management, training technology, product, and everything back. And I realized that 10 years later, nothing had changed in terms of technology and moving the industry forward. So I... Shocking. Totally shocking. (laughs) Yeah, I was still... You know, they they gave me two weeks before my start date because I was uh, replacing somebody. And so there was a two-week overlap so she could train me on how to do the job. And I got there and we were done in half an hour because nothing had changed and I knew how to do it all. (laughs) So damning. (laughs) So after Sun Life, second time around, I started working in technology and I worked for Angus Reid and his uh, company here locally called Vision Critical. And I was managing a team in the support department. And then I had my daughter and all throughout this time, we've been my husband now, remember the boyfriend whose dad worked in wealth management? Uh So now we're married and we have a daughter, right? And she's eight months old and I'm on maternity leave. And throughout our adult history, we were always clients of Nicola Wealth Management, which is a wealth management firm for ultra high net worth 
people and you need a million dollars of investable assets to be, be their client and all that stuff. So he wasn't exactly accessible for a lot of regular individual. But what we noticed is that there was potentially an opportunity for us if we change the business model to be able to provide the same level of service that Nicola Wealth Management provided to the ultra high net worth, the net worth clients, the same professional investment management, the same professional financial planning, but in a little bit of a different model. So we basically went in and, and I shadowed an advisor from a very reputable IROC firm for four days. And I stopwatched every single task that he did as an advisor in a day. And when I came home and I analyzed the data, I realized that a lot of what he did could be replaced by technology and that could increase his efficiency by about 10 times. And if I just focused on things that computers can't replace in his day, he'd be done in about 45 minutes. <laughs> so that's basically a model. We built a model in order to be able to scale the advisor and provide the advisor the technological tools to scale their practice. So even though the fees have been suppressed and are lower, it is really meant to maybe half the fees, but quadruple the revenue, so to speak, because mm -hmm. the efficiencies that we are hoping to build into the advisor practice, whether that's advisors who are using our, our Wellbar independent platform or whether it's Wellbar internal advisors, really the process is pretty much the same in order to scale their practice in order to serve more customers. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you're basically cutting out a ton of costs because you're increasing efficiencies. You're passing off some of those efficiencies in pricing. And you're expanding your market size because of the ability to, you know, lower that price point of profitability. So it makes perfect sense. So question, so the first question that comes to mind is when you propose this to Taya, uh, sorry, to, uh, so to Nicola Wealth, do they look like you, uh, you like you were half crazy <laughs> or, uh, so here's the thing. It's, it's a, to them, it's, it's kind of semi disruptive to their business practice, right? Yeah. It, so I didn't really propose it to Nicola Wealth. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of expected that, given that a lot of people thought we were a bit nuts. But I proposed it just to John, so just to my father-in-law, who is a principal. And we decided to keep it a little bit outside of Nicola Well to start. Mm -hmm. But one thing that he did do is he said, we also can't just be our own little echo chamber. And it'd be just three of us who've been talking about this for now, like, you know, going on 15 years at the time about this like technology need in, in finance industry. And he said that we had to go out and get a third party validation, but on the tech side, not necessarily on the finance side, because it was going to be easier to get a tech entrepreneur and a venture capitalist to see this as a good idea because they wouldn't necessarily see it as a threat or be encumbered by the current processes and, and give me questions like, well, that's not how we do things. So we found Lance Tracy of Sutton Realty, and he was uh, fully on board right from the start. And so that's how the company was founded with Lance Tracy as one of the biggest partners initially. And then we added some other tech investors as well as some other financial professionals as investors over the time. And then Nicola Wealth came on board about a year and a half in after we kind of got registered, established our ground and we weren't so risky. So, but, you know, I still fight those battles of, I still think this is for small accounts. We still think that this is uh -huh. for young people and, um, <laughs> Old people day, use computers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I do think that it's not necessarily age-related or I think it's just an archetype of a person. You can definitely see people who are infovores who 
search for that kind of information, pragmatic decision makers, regardless of their age, gravitate towards our platform for sure. Absolutely. So take me through your client experience. Someone finds Wealth Bar. What is it that they are going to experience when they go start to finish? And how does that differ from all of the other competitors you're facing in the marketplace right now? Sure. That's a great question. I think that the difference isn't so much in the how it can differ. Because if a customer comes and stumbles upon our website and likes what they see and quote unquote, sell themselves, they can definitely open an account by themselves. In my, my old joke was on a Sunday night with a glass of wine after kids have gone to bed, you can talk to your financial advisor, right? So you can just uh, onboard yourself, open the account, deposit money, even transfer from another institution without involving the advisor if you're certain that that's what you want to do. However, over time or with my time at Sun Life, I've kind of learned that people don't have a very high understanding of finances at all. And oftentimes they just need that reassurance that this is just really what they should be doing because they're not certain. So we offer a conversation with an advisor within the first five seconds that you're on the website. And then within the first 20 seconds after you signing up as well, just to make sure that you feel comfortable that what decisions that you're making and the buttons you're clicking are really those buttons that you should be clicking. And a lot of people take us up on that offer. And all it takes is literally 10, 15 minutes for a quick conversation to make sure that you're doing well. And then you are, after you onboard yourself, you can either go through the account opening first and then have a financial plan, or you can always have a financial plan done upfront and then open the account in accordance to what the financial plan has recommended. And one of the biggest differences between us and the other competitors we have is the level of financial planning that we do. We have all of our client-facing portfolio managers are also CFPs, which means that we get into scenario planning, accumulation strategies, uh, retirement income planning, withdrawal schedules, tax planning, estate planning, and all of that stuff, depending on your situation. We don't do any budgeting. So we treat your gross income as kind of an influx and then reserve taxes and and stuff like the major things, mortgages, and then treat it as lifestyle income. And we let you figure out how you're going to distribute your lifestyle income according to what you need to do. But we do manage a lot of cash flow after the fact and, and how the deposits are going into savings accounts in order to optimize your financial planning life cycle, not just now, but even in the future. Yes, that's curious because, I mean, the conventional model for robo-advisors is pretty straightforward. You have onboarding software, risk tolerance, document completion, and all the fulfillment stuff you mentioned, like transfers and funding. But tell me about the technology you're using to enable the financial planning side of the equation. So currently, we're actually using a third part. So one... um for the retirement income planning of the more complex financial planning, we actually use snap projections and I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yeah, it's a, it's a third party software. Yeah. It's a third party software that is uh, really well done. So it, that facilitates a conversation with a client and allows the advisor to quickly run through some pretty complex scenarios and be able to build in one or two scenarios to recommend to their client as how we should proceed and then creates a report from there. But on the accumulation side, we actually have a module built in our website where somebody can go in even by themselves and enter the basic information like the gross salary that you make and your spouse's gross salary and how much money you save, how much your mortgage is a month, and really be able to see 
where the savings is going to take them based on given certain rates of return and also how to optimize their account and how much to save in their RSPs versus other accounts as well. It's not perfect and it's not, it's meant to be, it's a pretty opinionated tool if you ask me, because I'm a, you know, I designed it and I'm a pretty opinionated person on how these things should work. <laughs> but uh, it also allows you to re- review it with your advisor as well. So once again, it prompts that conversation. We don't shy from talking to our customers. And so, especially when it comes to financial planning, so it's really, those are the two major tools that we are currently using, but we're actually in fully going to develop a goals-based financial planning tool suite of tools that are relatively user-friendly that people can use themselves over time. And that's kind of already down on the product line. So some interesting updates are going to be in works. So right now, as you said, you have your own in-house advisors that deal with this uh, stuff for people. And you also basically allow third-party advisors to get on the platform as well. What's the value proposition of those third parties altogether? How does that differ from your in-house people? The value proposition of the third-party advisors is some people just really need that face-to-face contact. I think that... I mean, it's, yours uh, more so the way in what, what you guys do to them. Because, I mean, every robo-advisor is coming out with its own advisor platform. So how is it that you're, how you're convincing advisors to work off your platform? Oh, oh, of course. So in how do we convince advisors? To, oh, that's a great question. It's we have full outside and inside sales supports for those advisors. So mm-hmm. we have really made it our priority to support the advisors and provide them. Uh, we, we now have building a training program because the platform is currently available predominantly to insurance focused advisors. And one of the things that we have learned is that we developed a training program for these insurance focused advisors to have a conversation about a portfolio management style of investing with their client and be able to provide that. And we also have an exclusive set of portfolios for those advisors. And that was to a little bit protect them from, at least in perception, their feeling was that what if the client wants to come to Wellfire directly? That has never happened, actually, and it's really not a problem. Your clients do love you, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have an exclusive set of portfolios which are designed to be presented by an advisor face-to-face. They're a hybrid portfolio between an ETF and a pooled fund, and you cannot get that outside of the advisor platform. So that's also unique to Wellfire's advisor platform. To my knowledge. So I'm curious, how much did your vision for this change from day one to today? You know, was this foreseen as a robo advisor platform? Was it seen as a hybrid robo advisor slash planner platform? So, you know, how does it differ from the original vision? So to be honest with you, I might be either a visionary or really stubborn, but not at all. <laughs> I'm sure it's somewhere in between. <laughs> I'm sure it is, but it hasn't really diverged one bit. From the get-go, we were a hybrid robo-advisor and and had an advisor associated with every client from day one. And from day one, we we actually went out into the marketplace with the financial planning tool first. Mm -hmm. So until we were in the regulatory approval stage before this business model got approved, all we did was financial planning. And we did it for free just to kind of get people used to the name and start talking about it and um, and develop the planning tools and product and all of that. So it was always going to be hybrid, always going to have uh, pooled funds outside of ETFs, always going to have the holistic 
approach. And then over time, I would hope that I would add other things to aid solve personal finance problem to a Canadian household, which is really the grand vision. So I would like to add mortgages. I would like to add property and casualty insurance and maybe even, you know, lines of credit or some short-term lending. So the overall vision is an integrated play whereby people come in, do a rudimentary financial plan. They get the execution digitized as well. And essentially, you're you're basically converting on investment insurance, tax, uh, sorry, investment insurance and uh, well, multiple chains of insurance and then any other service offering like mortgages and lending as well. Yes. Okay, yeah. good. One-stop shop for personal finance issues of a Canadian household is yeah. kind of like the uh, the quick version of the vision. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, uh, creating a more cohesive approach for that is definitely of value to the consumer. Uh, we've been highly fragmented to date and continue to be. But overall, uh, you know, that's this, you know, whether it be a one-stop shop like a welfare or an integration of various plays into some sort of kind of information sharing platform where you can go to, you know, you can have a robo and a insurance and a financial planning software all talking to each other. That's the future is, is enabling all of those interactions. So keep working on it. For sure. Um, so in terms of, you know, what, what kind of challenges have you encountered that you weren't expecting when you, when you first got into the space? I think that I was expecting, even though I knew that the level of financial literacy was not very high, I hate to say it, but I didn't think it was quite as bad as it is. One thing that I encountered initially was because Wellfire was always supposed to be complementary Nicola Wealth light to the average consumer. And not that's not because we were you know, related to them, but because it was what I firmly believed everybody needed, like a proper financial plan, a decent balanced fund and some support not to be their own worst enemy kind of thing. So I originally, you know, five years ago when I started pitching Wildbart to just individuals in my network, I would always say that I'm kind of, we're bringing the high net worth way of wealth management to everybody. And nobody really understood what that meant. You know, they said, okay, I'm in your, I'm in your target market. I have hundred thousand dollars, but I don't know what I'm not getting. What is it that these ultra high net worth people get that I don't? So then I started realizing that we maybe needed to start at a different level. And so we did introduce a hundred percent DTF portfolio just to be able to bridge the market gap and still have two distinct set of clients. You know, it's a real problem everywhere. I think it's less so in the U.S. I think the the Americans have kind of hit this this flywheel of people are having a better under getting gaining a better understanding generally of what financial planners do and what they can do for them. And because of that, that's creating more demand for financial planning, which is creating more financial planning for the business. And it's kind of hit this nice cycle. I think in Canada, we've unfortunately haven't hit that at all, largely because we're controlled by so many by a handful of large banks. And frankly, every large financial institution does the best to try to make us all look the same. Oh, yeah, we care and provide you with all this stuff. Like all that stuff is always very vague. And yeah, you're right. People yeah. have you know, the, the first thing I deal with with any prospect who comes in the door is like, OK, how are you different? Like, what am I not getting elsewhere? And a lot of times it, it, it's a massive education is to say, well, this is everything we do. And like and sometimes they'll say, well, yeah, I'm getting that elsewhere. It's like, really, are you getting it to this level of detail or is that they address these issues? And the answer is typically no. A lot of times it's just superficial. So, so yeah, I, I feel that pain. I feel that pain. And I often, I often say that, you know, my biggest challenge in terms of client acquisition is, is mere education of the value proposition and then what people are not getting. Out of it. Yes. And yeah. it's this whole aspect of it that I say that people say, oh, well, you know, I can do this myself. So what is the value that you add? Oh, well, and, do your own dentistry while you're at it. 
Like, you know, here's the thing that drives me. One of the things that drives me nuts about the financial services industry, okay, is we make it very easy for people to open up their own discount brokerage accounts. And, and, and just because it's easy to trade, again, it's the old saying, just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? I mean, you know, I'll just give you a corollary. I live in a house that was, you know, the previous owner thought he was a handyman. Problem is he was a crappy handyman and there isn't a straight line into place. And every time I look at, you know, a different object in the house, I get more frustrated because he couldn't be bothered to get it done right. So it's yeah. the old saying, do it once or pay for it, you know, pay for it once or pay for it twice. Yeah. And, and anyway, so yeah, congratulations. They can do it themselves. Yeah. How well you're the guy bringing a knife to a gunfight in the world of financial, the financial markets. So have fun with that. And that's just it. You know, there are actually people who want to put in time and effort to yeah. properly learn this and do this and rebalance it. And it's a bit of a hobby. But and, how is that possible, that given the fact that you have a bunch of unbelievably well-educated people funded to the nth degree with technology and resources and information that you will never get your hands on? If you do okay, you're like the little bird that eats you know, gnats off the top of an elephant's head. You only exist because the elephant didn't spot you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's an entire and you know they're like and oftentimes like people say well you're just trying to sell me your services well yeah I am but also do you think that the person out there who's giving you all this advice on their newsletter that you got to pay for isn't trying to sell their services like where are you are you missing this anyway my frustration Fair <laughs> I, I, and you know what I've uh, it's been kind of the bane of my existence from the get go especially because we kind of look and feel maybe closer to a discount brokerage than you know a traditional financial advisor would. And it's funny because they would come in and these people would say, why can't I just copy your portfolio and then go do it at Questrade? And I said, well, that's great. Go do it. Go. And they come back within three to six months and say, yeah, I don't want to rebalance anymore. <laughs> so it's just becoming a little bit of a, yes, everybody, there's an opportunity for everybody to do this themselves, but then there's also opportunity for everybody to mow their lawn and clean their houses. And we still have cleaning services and landscaping services. So there's definitely a group of people who want to try and do it themselves. And then there's a group of people who like to outsource their professional yeah. services to other professionals. And I'm the kind of guy really who cool. likes to live in a house that's properly built. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we can uh, let's not get let's not get tied up on that. that note. <laughs> so, um, so how big is the team you're working with right now in terms of development? So we have uh, 30 people right now working at Valpar. You know, about 12 in engineering, uh, and then maybe about 18 finance, and then some marketing and some mods and ends. Kind of that we have a wholesaling team that works with the advisors, and then inside sales on the PPI Valley as well, and then some marketing individuals, and that's okay. it. We're Stuff all based in Vancouver. Yeah, so we have we're all based in Vancouver, and it's a really really hot here today. So we're looking, we're enjoying our air conditioned office. <laughs> Very nice. All right. So before we wrap up, I have one question that I ask of everybody. And it's basically just kind of this one catch all that I get some interesting answers from. So what excites you most about what you're working on or the market in general and the opportunities that exist? I just think that what excites me most is the ability to give everybody this proper it's changing the way advisors work in with their clients. And that's going to take a really long time. But I really want advisors to start looking at themselves and marketing themselves more like lawyers or engineers, that they're professionals whose value is in their knowledge and their expertise and access, like you said, access to information and all of this stuff that isn't necessarily available to everyday consumer easily or routinely and really 
provide them with outside infrastructure so that the marketing is inbound and functional and that advisors can truly be professionals and network with the clients in the way and see themselves like lawyers and engineers see themselves as well. I think that's what really excites me in the age of aging, average age of the advisor is 60 and it's going up by a year every year. So there's definitely not as many entrants into the market as they are retiring or even not retiring, but should be retiring advisors still working, right? Yo, so the there's going to be... accounts bleed out over time. Attitude. Yep. I see them <laughs> yeah. many times. Exactly. And it just excites me that, that there's an opportunity to go deeper in, into this industry and revolutionize it from that perspective. Good. Well, thank you for helping well, enable that, because quite frankly, the tools that, as we discussed earlier, the tools that need to exist sorely have not existed for a very long time. And finally, it's starting to happen. So very interested to see how you guys continue to uh, to grow. And I wish nothing but the best. Exactly. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Jason, for having me. And that was my interview with Taya Nicola Wealthbar. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you found it fascinating. And uh, until next time, if you enjoyed this podcast, as always, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcast. Take care. I'm Jason Pereira. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.